Now, the final judgment, by calling it final judgment, in my opinion, is prejudicial. You've already set the clock in a certain sense because the final judgment uh, seems to say that there's going to be only one. And there is not going to be simply one final judgment. Uh, by calling it final judgment, it fails to adequately distinguish a temporal sequence, which I believe the Bible indicates when it comes to God judging believers and unbelievers as we move into God's temporal kingdom and ultimately the eternal kingdom following the millennial reign. The sheep and goat judgment in Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31, says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels with him, then he's going to sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate people one from another like shepherd, separate sheep from goats. Then he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed into the eternal fire that has been prepared for the devil, and his angels, and these will depart into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. First question you got to ask is, what is the time frame for this judgment? The destination of the quote-unquote dam is the eternal fire. Notice, they go to the eternal fire, and he says this is the place that has been reserved, prepared, better word, for the devil and his angels. Now, what is interesting to me in this text is what he doesn't say. He doesn't say that the devil is already there, which I would expect. I would expect him to have said that has been prepared or where the devil has been sent. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to do that. The devil could have already been cast in there, and he simply... Uh, recognizing the place of fire. But I just find that it's very interesting at this passage, he doesn't say that Satan and his demons have already been cast into this place, and now you're going to go where your father is. Or they all went together. That sequence, the simplicity of this sequence, seems to me to maybe indicate a distinctive difference from what happens in Revelation chapter 19, verse 19 through 20, where we have the Antichrist and his false prophet judge. Now notice what it says there. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to do battle with the one who rode the horse with his army, Jesus. Now the beast was seized and along with him the false prophet. Both of them were thrown alive into the lake of fire burning with sulfur. Now this is interesting to me that here... Antichrist and his false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire alive uh, to suggest to me that they uh, don't have the privilege of dying physically, but in fact will be transferred one to the other. That's very interesting to me that he would say that at this particular judgment, which of course is quote-unquote supposed to be Armageddon, okay, the Armageddon judgment. Now, notice what happens in the very next verse. It says, the others, he means the kings and the armies that came with Antichrist and his false prophet, were killed by the sword that extended from the mouth of the one who rode the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves with their flesh. Now, why is it that at this event, 
the Lord Jesus cast false Christ, false prophet, alive into the lake of fire, but all the wicked dead, that is, the armies and the kings, are simply killed and their bodies gorged. Why weren't they too <clears throat> sent right on into the, into the lake of fire? Why would you just kill them and then let birds eat their bodies and leave a bunch of bones laying around? Why, why is that? It seems to me that that indicates some difference here than from the sheep and goat judgment. I mean, why at the sheep and goat judgment would God be so nice as to gather all these goats and say to them, okay, you bad people, I'm going to send you wretches to the fire. They don't die. They weren't eaten. Here he says these people were eaten by birds. So some are going to be eaten by birds. Some are not going to be eaten by birds. But it's the same judgment. To me, it would indicate there must be a difference in the judgment occurring here and the judgment that is occurring in Matthew 25. doesn't have to be, but it just seems like to me that there is a difference. It is even more interesting to me that when the quote-unquote wicked dead are judged in the Revelation, I saw a large white throne and the one who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled away from his presence. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small standing. He describes who these people are. And then he tells us the sea gave up the dead that were in it. The death of Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each was judged according to his deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, that person was thrown into the lake of fire. So here we have a resurrection, we have a judging, and a throwing into the lake of fire. I find it fascinating that in Revelation 19 there is no indication of a resurrection. I also find it fascinating that in Matthew 25, sheep and goat judgment, there is no indication of resurrection. But here is a resurrection that involves a judgment that results in the whole host of Hades and hell being cast into the fire if their names are not written in the book. A detail left out of Matthew 25 and Revelation 19:21. Uh, that seems to me to suggest that God may be doing something quite different, particularly when the fact that we see that the devil has in fact been thrown in. We also see that false prophet, already had gone in, which is exactly the sequence that John is indicating in this text. Seventh angel blew his trumpet in Revelation chapter 11, 15 and 19. It says, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there was loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. He will reign forever and ever. Then the 24 elders who are seated on that throne, they fall down. They give great praise to God. With these words, we give you thanks, O Lord. We are all powerful, the one who's who is and who was because you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nation were enraged, but your wrath has come and the time has come for the dead to be judged. The time has come to give to your saints, the prophet, their reward, as well as to the saints and to those who revere your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Now here again, we have an, a, actually an explicit statement in the context of the seventh trumpet where there's going to be a judgment. And it is pronounced to be the judgment involving God's people, the saints, the prophets. Now, it seems to me to yet be a difference here than what is talked about in Revelation uh, chapter 20, 
where he's describing an emptying of hell and Hades and all of that. There is no indication of that here. As well, there is a specific focus on the divisions of the righteous people of God. And what is even more interesting, ladies and gentlemen, is that the last part of this verse says, and the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. The word who destroy the earth is a participle. It's a present active participle, which means this, uh, in common parlance, they are in the act of destroying. They are in the act of destroying. It's not that they have destroyed. He didn't say the ones who destroyed the earth. They finished their destroying. They are in the process. The time has come for God to destroy those who are at now in the process of destroying the earth. So you got two things going on. There's going to be a rewarding of the saints, the prophets, and those who have position with God, a favor. And then there's going to be destruction of those who were destroying the earth. That is a distinct difference from the detailed explanation of judgment that is occurring in Revelation chapter 20, when death and Hades empties itself of all of its content and the whole host, death, Hades, and wicked dead are thrown into the lake of fire. My point is this. To, to group all judgments to, as one, as if there's only going to be one ultimate judgment of righteous and wicked, a separating, and then the righteous march off into eternity with God to live happily ever after is a flagrant, violent disturbance of the scriptural text. The only way you can do that is to focus on generalities.